You're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Revelation 19 verses 1 to 8. Hear the word of the Lord. After this, this is a vision of heaven to come. After this, I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for His judgments are true and just, for He has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged her the blood of his servants. Once more, this great multitude, they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne saying, Amen, hallelujah. And from the throne, from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage supper, for the marriage of the land has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her, it was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. What we've just read is an amazing picture of heaven to come. It's an amazing picture of the glory of God and, and, and the, the worship and the praise that he so deserves and what happens when people come before him and it's looking towards what God is doing even right now and what we are anticipating together. We've just been through a series called Left and Right. Um, it's been a fun series. Uh, a big goal of that series has really been helping us to think about the way we think. All of us have an opinion about something. And we've been shaped by certain things in this world to have those opinions and to have those biases. And the big call really from the left and right series was, okay, let's think about how we think. Sure, we might have an opinion about this, but why? And let's open up the Bible together and see how God through his living word is shaping those thoughts and the way that we seek to act. Now, hopefully, I don't know, this is like a test for me, uh, we've, we've had a bit of a common refrain coming through the series, at least I have been saying, that as we come to these difficult topics, we want to think about how the personal work of Jesus gives us clarity and... Desperately looking around for someone to finish the sentence. Confidence! For how we live right now, the personal work of Jesus. We've been holding up these issues next to the gospel. And we've been thinking about, okay, what is, uh, how, do we, how do we think about this issue in, in terms of who Jesus is, what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. And a big goal for that series has been to give hope in these immediate, troublesome, sometimes troublesome, 
topics. Now today, we're going to zoom out and we're going to lift our eyes off these contentious topics that just cause heated conversations and people to get all, you know, hot around the collar and have opinions about and sometimes feel sad about, sometimes get too excited about, sometimes just completely withdraw from. And we are going to fix our eyes to eternity. We're going to think about heaven. We're going to think about why heaven is just so awesome and why the picture, yes, fist pump, John, why heaven is just so good. Why, why the hope of heaven is what just gives us the absolute wonderful clarity and confidence to live right here, right now, because we know that this isn't all there is. Heaven. So we're going to think about heaven from these three small headings from this text. We're going to think about that heaven is glorious. Why? Because God's there. We're going to think about in heaven we're going to be praising because God's judgment has Overcome, And we're going to be thinking that heaven is going to be glorious because the table is open. There's a famous question uh, by a uh, well-known pastor. And he says, if you could have all of the things that you ever wanted right now, you know, the car, the house, the motorbike, the boat, uh, the lifestyle, the job, everything. If that was your heaven, if you, could, if you could be there right now, but God was not there with you, if Jesus was not there by your side, would that be okay? Is that still heaven? I wonder how you might answer that question. Because the reality is heaven is only heaven if you are with God. C.S. Lewis has a famous quote. He says, sin or disobedience or, re or rebellion of God, sin is man saying to God, leave me alone. And hell is God saying to man, as you wish. People will ask the question, well, if God is so good, why does he send people to hell? And it would seem that it's not that God sends people to hell. People just choose to go there on their own because they don't want to be with God. Let's think about how good and glorious God is. We opened our service this morning. We're singing a song where the refrain was, show us, show us your glory. Do you know where that comes from? That is a prayer from Moses in the book of Exodus. He's hanging out with, he's hanging out, he's doing his job, he's, he's serving God, he's serving the people. And then he has an opportunity and he says, God, show me your glory. And do you know what God does in response to that? He, well, first he's like, well, okay, yes. All right, so how's, how good's that for a start? God, God's into engaging with this mere man. Uh, he's like, look, you're going to have to like, just, you need to wear a flak jacket. Um, so stand in, the, stand in this crack in the rock so you're just like not going to get too much glory because you get a glory punch in the face. And I'll let you see my back because um, that'll probably be... Uh, you, you won't be able to handle it, mate. You won't be able to handle it. And the Lord proceeds to walk past Moses. And as, as the Lord goes past, as God reveals his glory, what does he do? Does he, does he just show him something? No, God speaks out loud, doesn't he? He gives him the self-revelation of himself. He gives Moses words. He gives Moses a description. And we've been coming back to this in the last few months because I don't want you guys to forget it because it is so important, God's self-revelation. What does God say? As he answers Moses' prayer, show me your glory. God says, the Lord, the Lord, a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Let's just stop there. The Lord, the Lord, a God. Okay, he's God. 
He's God. And what? And if you think of God, if you think of the God, God of the Bible, how do you next fill in the next gap? He said. He says merciful. He says gracious. Don't insert judgmental. Don't insert harsh. Don't insert overbearing. Merciful and gracious. And then he says abounding in steadfast love. Abounding in steadfast. What do we? What do we so desperately want? What do you want right now? Love. Love. We all want love, don't we? We all want love. That's why we choose the jobs that we do. That's why we buy the things that we buy. We want to feel good. We want to, we want to be affirmed by the people. We, you can have the affirmation from God because he is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness and faithfulness and faithfulness. I think of like the dynamic of like a husband and wife. You know, there's the... There's on one side, one who just keeps falling over, one who keeps making the wrong decision, one who keeps doing the wrong thing. And the other one is just constantly, always abounding in love and faithful. I will always be faithful to you, no matter what you do. I will always be faithful to you, no matter what you do. That is God. That is his glory. I will always be faithful to you, no matter how much you stuff up, no matter how far you run away. I will always be faithful to you. Merciful and gracious, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That is why it is so good to be with God because he wants to embrace you. He wants you to know that you are loved by him. Your creator, the one who made you, who knit you together in your mother's womb, he is for you. He says, you matter. He says, I love you. Who wants, who doesn't want to hang out with that? Really? There's so many people today, they reject God. They're not rejecting the God of the Bible. They're rejecting their own misconstrued version of God that everyone else has said that what God is like. If they only knew the God of the Bible and his love and his mercy and his faithfulness to generations. That is why, that is the first reason why heaven is going to be so glorious. God is there in all of his glory, in all of his embrace. The one who made everything. Look at the trees and the leaves and the grass and the clouds around you. There's, look, he, he made that. He's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that stuff, do you know. It's, and it's there, and it's amazing, and it's beautiful. And he's just like, yeah, we can be, like, you know, not only can we be friends, but I want you to be my child. But that's not as far as God's self-revelation goes, is it? God says, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. Forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. And that is so important, right? Because we will hear this self-revelation and we'll go, God is so loving. God is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, merciful and gracious. But we still fall for the enemy's lies to be like, but he would never accept me. Not after all the stuff that I've said and done. You don't want to see my, uh, my disobedience resume. Man, you don't want to see my disobedience resume. You know, forget the stuff that I've done, but man, the stuff that I've thought, even this week, man, I sat through, Ang I sat through Anglican Synod, okay? <sighs> the big cathedral in Melbourne. Man, if my, if Matt's laughing because he was there with me, if my thoughts were projected to a loudspeaker, they'd be like, this guy's not getting priesthood. No way. No way. No way. <laughs> Man, I was just so cynical. 
it's like, you know, it's just like there's times I was just so judgmental. And I just have to be like, shut up, Louis. Like, what are you doing, brain? Like, flesh, cut it out. Like, you know, Jesus, he's gentle and he's kind. Like, be a little bit more gentle in your thoughts. Don't just smile and wave. Actually, you love these people. Anyway. But we think that, don't we? You know, we, we, we get to this point where we're like, oh, well, God would never accept me. But God doesn't let you think that. He doesn't let you buy into the devil's lie again of like, did God really say? Because he, he reveals himself. He says, forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin. Okay, I'm going to tell you three different ways just so you get it, that you can be forgiven for all of your past wrong and all of your past hurt and you can be accepted. And if you are willing to say, to say sorry and just acknowledge that and you'll be forgiven and let's fresh start, let's go again. He tells us that. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Like who feels lighter after being reminded of that? Like, man, the last week was sucked and I was a jerk, but I have come to the foot of the cross where I can look at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, my Lord, and he has taken my sin away. And I open the word of the, of the Bible and says, you know, if we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. As far as the east is from the west, that is how far he removes our transgressions from us. Jesus Christ has died, taking our sin to the grave, <sighs> risen again to new life to show his triumph over it. And so he can come back and be like, yeah, let's go. This is, this is legit. This is actually legit. Come and have new life. Come and have a fresh start. This is why heaven is so glorious. God is there. God is there. How else? Well, heaven's going to be glorious because we're going to be praising God for all that he's done. Now, there was a little bit in our reading that we just had. Do you remember that word? We all just like, oh, really? We're saying that word in our reading today? Who remembers that one? Anyone want to shout it out? His judgments are true and just, for he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. Do you know another reason why heaven is just going to be so awesome? Because it's just going to be like this constant, like this ongoing moment of just like, yes, justice. And God brought justice. In God's self-revelation, after he says forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin, he then goes on to say, but who will by no means clear the guilty? visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. See, God will have you back. If you're willing to admit that you're, you've wronged him and if you're willing to just own up to mistakes and put it before him and be like, look, I got nothing, please forgive me, he'll forgive you. But if you want to continue on in rebellion and in rejection of God, thinking that you should be on the throne and he shouldn't and acting just like you, you're, you are kingpin, then there will, be, there will come a day where you have to stand before the judgment seat of God. That's us personally. But then there's also the great hope that God is going to do that globally and universally. I was thinking the illustration of this. It's kind of like, now, I, I, I don't watch footy that much. I mean, it kind of just annoys me. People get too emotionally involved in it, like, big deal. But you know when, like, there's, uh, there's like, behind-the-play antics and guys will, like, punch other guys in the face and, like, you know, people hurt people behind play and, it's not, and, and then the ref doesn't see it? You know, but, you know, I've, you know, but I've played in those games before. We're just like, are you serious? He's just like, he's beating him up and no one's calling him out and he got away with it. But the beauty for like the beauty, if we can say that, the beauty of an AFL game. Yeah, it's kind of beautiful. All right. Um, is that there's cameras all the time and somehow it comes up in the news and it's just like, oh yeah, this, this player over here, he got suspended four years for punching this guy in the mouth and we found him out and now he's going to pay for his misdeed. And we are all just like, Yes, 
He had that coming and he didn't get away with it. Now that's a footy illustration. What about all the ways that you have genuinely been wronged and sinned against in your own life? Where you're just like, I can't believe they got away with it. You know what? If they are unrepentant, they don't get away with it. That's good news. And it also shapes the way that we live because it means we don't have to avenge ourselves. We can forgive as Christ has forgiven us and be like, look, I'm not going to carry that hurt. Don't have to carry that burden. I can just push that aside because God will judge that one day. And that's not, that's not like us, you know, calling down the, the wrath of God upon their life. We want to pray for their salvation, right? We want to pray that they are led to a position of repentance and sorrow and that they can say sorry and feel remorse. But if they don't, God deals with it. Deals with it. <laughs> that's our own lives. What about all of human history? There's been some pretty awful corrupt things in human history, hasn't there? Even right now. And one day, there's going to be a day where we get to be in the glory with heaven and we realize it's like the guy that sorted it all out, the God that sorts it all out, he is for us. And we are on his team and we are in his family. And it is done. Sin is gone. We thought about this a few weeks ago. We are saved not only from the penalty of sin, not only saved from the power of sin, but we look forward to a day where we are saved from the presence of sin. No one ever sinning against you anymore. No ever, no flicking on the heavenly news and being like, well, how is the world screwed up this day? Oh, no, it's not. We're with Jesus and it's amazing. Oh, that's seven. <laughs> so that is another reason why heaven is going to be glorious. Lastly, why is heaven going to be glorious? Well, God is there, judgment has occurred, justice has been met, but also the table is open. The table is open. Um, we're going to share a pretty awesome barbecue this morning. I hope that you stay around. It's going to be pretty good. You know, meat, pretty awesome. Um, you know, it is a pleasing aroma to the Lord and also to all of us, most of us. Um, uh, some people can't eat meat, won't eat meat. That's We, we digress. Um, we'll pray for you. Um, no. Sorry, there's... When we did the climate change sermon, I listened to some like some some guys on this, and there's guys that genuinely became like full-on vegans out of like a conscience issue before God. And I just like I was like, I don't know if I can keep listening to this interview because I don't know if I will need that conviction of sin right now. But anyway. <laughs> Forget a three-star Michelin restaurant. God invented food. And he opens up his table and he's the cook and you're going to come around that table. Now, forget about, now that's awesome. We get, we get God to prepare the meal, but it's not the meal that, the meal will be amazing, but it's not the meal that makes heaven glorious. It's that we're at the table together with God. Matt already alluded to it wonderfully, amazingly. The table, the fellowship table represents family and it represents fellowship. It represents unity, except maybe like the Christmas lunch table, which is just awkward family dynamics. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like when you get together with like your friends and people that you love and that love you. And it's just like, it's the greatest time. You know, I feel like, the, you know, the, the glory of God comes down when you're around with like a nice glass of red and a slow cooked brisket. And it's just like, this is what heaven is meant to be like right now. Like we are, this is the foretaste of a future glory, you know. You know, we, got, we know about this, don't we? You know, this, it's awesome. And that fellowship is not only with us, but it's with this glorious, amazing, magnificent, beautiful, slow to anger, merciful and gracious, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, God, who is this like family. Here we are.
Here we are. That's why heaven is going to be so glorious. The lightness that we will fear, free from all worry and anxiety, having to, getting to see the, the face of Jesus, just smile. What is that ironic blessing? Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. There's nothing, you know, think of the opposite to that. What, it's, you know the feeling of getting ghosted by someone? It's just like when you see them at the shops and it's, oh, it's the worst feeling. You get the opposite of that with God. His face turning towards you, seeing you, his face lighting up. Like, yes. Let's do the wedding supper of the Lamb. <clears throat> and the glory of that wedding supper is in our final verse. Verse 8, it was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. So that, that is the dress, not like the literal dress, but the dress, dress code. <laughs> that is the, the reason we can sit at that banquet table with God is because God has done the work to invite us in and to clean us up and then to make us feel welcome. See, I don't, I, I, the last thing I want any of us to hear today is that heaven will be glorious because you have done enough and you've earned enough and that you're good enough to be at the dinner table, okay? That's not what the gospel is because no one can do that. No one is good enough. No one has enough OMO to be able to get their clothes and their skin clean enough so they can be in the presence of God. But God in his love and his mercy, he's just like, yep, I want you. You're invited and you don't have to worry about what you're going to wear. I'm going to give you the clothes to wear. You don't have to worry about my judgment. Yes, I'm a God that, you know, we come before in reverent fear. You don't have to worry about me judging you for your sin because it's forgiven. And how do we know? We've already reminded ourselves of that today already, haven't we? We've shared the bread and the juice, the bread, the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was broken in our place so that we wouldn't be broken. And his blood was shed to cleanse us from all of our sin. It's awesome. So I'm going to pray. And, um, and then we're going to do two things. Uh, we're going to follow the pattern of our Bible reading today, which was in glory in heaven. And what was the multitude doing? Singing. Hallelujah. Lifting their eyes to God. And so I'm just, we're just going to sing. And we can just forget about the week that's been and just be like, oh, man, God, it's so good to sing to you. You know, today we'll sing happy birthday to Evelyn and she'll love that because it's like, oh, so nice. And God will, God loves it when his kids sing to him. God loves it when his kids sing to each other and to remind each other of the hope that they have. Uh, so we're going to sing and then, and then we're going to do uh, like next level Lord's Supper. Get around the table, share some food, enjoy this gospel community that we get to be. And hey, if it's your first time here, join us. Have a saucy, some salad, some nice sweet treats in there, some watermelon. It's going to be great. And we're going to remember the rich unity that we have as God's family. What he has done, brought us in. I'm going to do that together. Let me pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.